Nonkululeko Mandula on SAFM. Wake up and live. Uh, we are joined by Pindi Lendimande, who is an NLP life coach practitioner. She's a personal development coach and a pastor. And we're talking about uh, managing mental health. Pindi, thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Susan Kulu and the ATMs. Yeah, mental health, a very serious one, this one. Let's uh, talk about mental health versus mental illness. What is the difference? Right. So when we talk of mental health, it's basically the state in which someone maintains their mental well-being and managing the stress and, you know, living productively. Um, We can associate mental health also with what we call physical health. So mental health is also the the absence um, of mental illness. So you don't necessarily suffer from mental illness. It means that you are healthy mentally. You are psychologically well. Um, And it's very important that we take heed of this because um, according to a study that was done, I think in 2021 or 19, um, SEDEC, which is the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, stated that one in eight South African does or will suffer from mental health um, at some point of their life. And the fact that South Africans in particular are not taking that seriously at all. So they're not taking care of their mental health at all whatsoever. Um, and it's a, it's quite, it's a cause for concern then there was also research done by Harvard, and you know it stated that um, there's a high prevalence of mental health disorders worldwide. And you know you can imagine there are 7.8 billion people in the world, and according to research done by Harvard, at some point in one's life, 50% of the 7.8 billion people are going to suffer from a mental health by the age of 75. So it's something that's really um, rapidly growing, and people are not taking concern of it. You know you know, the mental health part of it. And so it means that you have to be healthy mentally. Then we have what we call um, mental health problems or um, mental health conditions or the illness itself. And when we talk about the illness itself, it's, it means that now you, you, are, you have an inability to function normally on a day-to-day basis because of stress or whatsoever. And, you know, you have a diagnosable mental disorder. Um, of some form. And it could be that, you know, you're feeling uh, one or the other form of distress, um, you know, socially, work-wise, family activities, and and the likes. So it means that you have a condition that affects your mood, you have a condition that affects your thinking, and you have a condition that affects your your, your behavior. That is mental health or or mental health illness, rather, and mental health disorder, if you may. Now, for those who are currently facing mental health issues, um, mm. are there any symptoms that define the mental health? Mm. So, so mental health, again, is your well-being. It's your mental well-being, like your physical well-being where you are well, you're not ill, there's no diagnosis or illness detected, diabetes or whatever. Mental health means that you are healthy mentally, psychologically. Mental illness, on the other hand, is now where the condition comes in, that diagnosis and the symptoms. 
First of all, there are four major mental illnesses that we need to be aware of. Um, I'm going to try and zoom in two or three that are common in society, and I feel that people need to be aware of because they affect us in everyday life more than we think. Um, you know, we have what they call mood disorders. This is classified by um, conditions such as depression, a common one, depression, bipolar. I'll, I'll, I'll break it down. Like I said, I'll just try choose the ones that I know that are common. And then we have what we call anxiety disorder. That's the second group. Another one is a personality disorder. Um, and another one is also a psychotic disorder. So um, personality disorder often happens when a, um, a child went through a traumatic experience like a rape, um, in their childhood, and because at that time, at the age of three, four, you're going through rape and five and six, your brain cannot articulate what's happening, right? So what it does at that age is that it's going to try and protect you. So if, especially when your abuser comes or, or rapes you frequently, what the brain does is that it tries to disassociate you from the event. Um, and, and so it causes a different personality that protects so that if, if you're raped by an uncle or your father, every every week and you know the brain sort of finds that pattern and that event takes place it separates you from the event so it locks you up in this corner in your head you know subconsciously and then there's this part of you or a personality that comes forth that is able to um, um, adhere to the abuse or succumb to the abuse or accept the abuse involuntarily and what happens is once that abuse goes the other personality takes place you know it's, it's quite a tricky thing and so what happens is normally that will come up in adulthood where a person has different personalities. Um, you know, the next thing, you know, uh, a pindil is in this kind of a state. And then in five minutes, she's a completely different person. And that is normally because of, of, of such, um, you know, childhood traumas. Then you've got psychotic uh, disorders such as schizophrenia. Those are quite severe ones where the person now either hears voices or sees things. They are completely disassociated with you know, reality. Um, but those are the more uncommon ones. But we know that in our society, we have people like that. So having said that, I just want to zoom into the ones that I know that, um, you know, are sort of common in, 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 in everyday life. Um, one of them is clinical depression. And, and you know, depression, in fact, let me just end with depression because it's more a problem. I think mostly in, in, in the past couple of four or five years, especially during the pandemic, and everything that has been happening, the depression word has been such a buzz, um, you know, in society, in our communities, on social media. So I will end with that one. And I would also like to, and, and as I'm explaining some of these disorders, I will also catch symptoms to them, right? And, you, you, you know, so that a, 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 um, a listener can have an idea whether do they suffer from that, whether they know somebody, whether they can, um, you know, resonate with what I'm saying. Some of the disorders um, is obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, with that, it means that you, you, you sort of have an impulse to repeatedly do something, you know, and you have those people that are overly obsessed. I mean, I'm a very keen person. I don't think I've got, I'm OCD. We call it OCD. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I've, I've not been diagnosed with OCD, but I like a very clean environment. I like order. I like efficiency and all that. But there are people that do that in a very excessive way. Um, um, some people, it's so severe that they have a OCD when it comes to germs, and they will clean and clean a toilet for five hours on end. Like, just clean it because, you know, there's this compulsion that this, this toilet is not clean at all. Others is that they will lock the door 
go to the car, come back and look because the brain says, no, no, you didn't do a good job. You, that door is not locked. And a person can spend literally an hour going back and forth, just making sure that the car, um, that the house is locked, you know, and it, it's a compulsion. It, 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 it's, you, it, it's involuntary. So your brain tells that continue to do it because you didn't do it correctly. Um, I think I've spoken about schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. I want to talk about dementia, which happens mostly in, you know, late adult life, um, you know, probably post-50, post-60. And um, it's basically a group of thinking and social symptoms that interfere with your daily functioning. So, you know, you you forget things, um, you forget people, loss of memory and stuff like that, but it often happens to older people. Then we have, you know, anxiety disorder, and with anxiety, a lot of people have have this disorder and they're unaware, and you know, um, it's basically having like fear of something. You strongly fear something. You strongly fear that something will happen. I have seen upon research people that have got anxiety disorder that is so severe that the person has a fear that they've killed somebody, they've thrown someone in a trash can. So your brain, when you're walking on the street and you see a trash can and somebody passing through a trash, a trash can like a bin, your brain tells you that the second that person disappears from your eyesight or your visibility, you then think that you have, you have actually placed that person in a trash can. And it's amazing because the brain is such a significant organ. Like the brain itself is an organ, but the, the psychology of the brain, which is the behavior, the cognitive part of it, is such a strong element that... Um, if not carefully nurtured or cultivated, the brain can really cause somebody to do something that they didn't think they can do or even make something up in their mind. And another thing about this punch is that at times it cannot differentiate, uh, differentiate between something that is real and something that the, 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 the conscious mind is making up. It can't make a difference. So for the fact that somebody with such an anxiety disorder could think that they've killed somebody yet they didn't, it shows that the brain cannot distinguish between what is real and what is not real. So with the lighter version of anxiety, you know, sometimes you feel like you're, he- you're breathing heavily, you're sweating, you've got palpitations um, when you're in certain environments and, you know, under certain circumstances, whether you feel like you're in a taxi or you feel like you're claustrophobic and there's this anxiety that you're in a small space and you can't breathe and, you know, there's, there's just, you, you are restless, you become irritable, you become restless when you're in certain environments or placed under certain circumstances but the symptoms are really, you know, heavy breathing, the sweating, palpitations. You are not easy at all, and you you, you can't you can't be still. You, you you can't accept what's happening in your environment. Then another one that I'll talk about that I think is more common um, in kids, or rather, is detected at a very young age. And I really want to stress this as non-colleague because as parents, we 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 tend to label our kids um, with certain behavioural patterns as such as you know this child is disrespectful this child does not want to listen to me this child this is child and really they're just a product of a mental health condition or illness you know they suffer from it and because as parents we we don't have knowledge of such we end up labeling our kids with that we end up hitting them we end up being impatient with them and really they're just suffering from a mental health illness and one of them um is called um adhd which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, right? And basically such kids with this kind of condition um, really have a difficulty in, you know, paying attention. They're hyperactive, there's impulsiveness. 
A child can run around literally the whole day. They can't sit still. They are fidgety. They're irritable. And really, it's not that they don't want to listen to you, but there's just an imbalance in their brain activity that doesn't allow them to sit still or doesn't allow them to, to concentrate. So their concentration span or their attention span is very limited. And so at times they have to be doing a hundred things all at once. And the second you start shouting at the kid and trying to apply that form of discipline, um, in a way you're failing them because it's not helping them. It could even worsen the condition because now not only do they have this brain activity that they cannot understand and they don't know what's going on, but they have to just move all around. Now they have somebody shouting and screaming and that alone it's very it's a lot for the brain to contain because it's trying to it's trying to operate at a certain wave, you know, and when another wave comes in in its own, it can really cause a lot of distortion in the child. Mm. Um, Pindile, I think because of interest of time, I would like yes. you to just give us, um, you know, three to five pointers on what we can do for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our children to yes. manage effectively when one has a mental health uh, condition. All right. So to give these symptoms, let me give this last thing, this rapid so that I can give. Um, how to effectively deal with them. The common ones are, are depression and you also have bipolar. Okay, Pindil, so bipolar, I'd like you to please just get to the question I've asked because of time. Okay. I've got another interview right. waiting. We can continue with others maybe next week. Thank you. Okay, so, so with the conditions, um, it depends what the condition is. But overall and in general, um, it's important that the person takes care of themselves in terms of things like exercise, you know, you can eat well. Um, healthy meals, going out, avoid being in spaces where you're enclosed or you are alone, um, dark spaces, try to bring more light into your house. It's very minimal, small things that you have to do, but they have a very major impact. Um, the sleep routine, the number of hours that you sleep, when you sleep and things like that, they're very important. You have to, you can incorporate things like journaling, you can incorporate things like prayer, meditation to those who read the Bible, read the Bible, because what happens is it boosts your mood um, and that you're able to get away from a ditch or where you're feeling like you're oppressed emotionally or you feel like you are, you know, there's a misconduct in your emotions. Um, I think I've spoken about eating healthy, being mindful, being present. Um, we worry a lot and we stress a lot about what is happening externally, what can happen in the future. So, you know, being more present um, enables you to, you know, to boost your mood or rather to move away from a more severe condition. Um, setting boundaries, uh, time management and, you know, taking it a bit slow in your daily lifestyle could also help. Um, giving yourself a break, you know, being easy on yourself and understanding that mental health is, or rather mental health illnesses, um, you know, you need to understand that it's something that's happening to you. And because it's happening to you, at times you don't have all the control, but you need to understand that it's going to be okay. You have to have those self-talks with yourself, positive talks that it's going to be okay. Avoid env environments that cause more stress. Avoid environments that, um, you know, ignite the anxiety or ignite the depression. Avoid places and people that do that as well. Um, it's also important to uh, make sure that you find things that you enjoy, things that are particular to you, that you know that once I do something like this, I enjoy it. Get into certain routines where your brain or your body gets used to that at 5 a.m., this is what I do every morning at 12 p.m., this is what I do. So the routine helps regulate the brain activity much better. Asking for help is important. Um, I'm, I'm in no means 
uh, asking you know the listeners to self-diagnose but if you feel that you have these symptoms i do encourage you to go to a mental health practitioner it could be a registered counselor it could be a psychologist um, and even your gp because even though they might not necessarily diagnose the condition you have but they will refer you to you know the correct uh, health practitioner that will assist with you um, what is also being said that will also help is um, you know, things like limiting alcohol use and um, limiting substance abuse, rather deal with the problem of your mental health rather than to cover it up with substance abuse. And so we also have this thing where we call uh, boosting your serotonin because serotonin is a, it's a hormone um, that regulates a person's mood, causes you to be happy, and, you know, allows you to function on a daily basis with a more lighter mood. And um, one of the ways that you can boost this hormone, again, you know, it's eating healthy, it's being in spaces and environments with people that boost your mood and that really cause less stress and, you know, condemn your environment altogether. All right. Thank you so very much, Pindile. We really appreciate uh, this knowledge you've given us. How do A-teamers get in touch with you if they need a life coach or a personal development coach to help them manage with mental health? All right. I'm available on 071-185-6615. Excellent. Thank you very much, Pindile. That was Pindile Ndimande, NLP, life coach practitioner, personal development coach and a pastor.